By the Fire Podcast presents The Heart Speaks. Written and performed by Dave Smale. Chapter 30. This Changes Things. You're sure? Holloman asked for the third time. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I ain't never been so sure of anything. The concerned expressions of the men in the car were seared into his brain. Retired Lieutenant Vale, the man who'd reluctantly fired him. Dr. Bill Bolian, the police department's medical examiner who'd signed off on Jella's autopsy. There was no mistaking them. But what would Vale and Bolian be doing at Darrell Thompson's house? Holloman mused. Man, I don't know. Couldn't have been two guys that just look like him. Holloman, dude, I got a close-up look at him with my binoculars. I could see Vale's nose hairs, man. All right, I got it. But let's not get distracted. This means Thompson's home. Now's your chance. Drive up to the gate and see if he'll let you in. But even as Holloman said it, a nauseous feeling rose in Tyrone's stomach. He balked. Wait, hold on, he said. This changes things. What do you mean? Tyrone didn't know what he meant. It was just a feeling. If... He struggled to find a reason beyond a hunch. If I go up there now, he's going to know something's up. How so? Asked Holloman. Two cops leave his house, then I show up a few minutes later? That looks suspicious. Fishy, Tyrone said. It sounded reasonable, he thought. He doesn't know you were a cop, though, Holloman said. He might have found out. I was all over the news. Not recently. If he knew, he would have already known back when you were teaching. And, if he did, he didn't seem to have any issues with it. Tyrone didn't have a retort, but still refused to go up to Thompson's gate. Call it a hunch, then, Tyrone finally admitted. I got a really bad feeling about this. Holloman's frustration built. You're gonna blow this for me just cause you got a hunch? Unbelievable. Come on, Bowman. Don't do this to me. Look. Tyrone began, but was interrupted. Thompson's gate was opening again. A second later, Thompson's black BMW came into view. Hold up. What the... He said. What? He leaving, Tyrone said. Who? Thompson, Tyrone answered before ducking out of sight. Seconds later, he heard the rush of wind as the beamer whisked by. Tyrone twisted to see which way Thompson would go. The BMW slowed, then rolled through the stop sign, banking to the left. He just passed me. Can you follow him? Follow him? Is he serious? Tyrone thought. I'll try, but what if he see me? Don't be seen then, said Holloman. Tyrone groaned, fired up the truck, and you turned away from the curb. If he stopped, then what? Park and accidentally bump into him? Tyrone asked. Cross that bridge when we come to it, said Holloman. For now, let's just see where he's headed. Tyrone turned left at the stop sign, as Thompson had. 
A quarter mile ahead, the road curved to the right, marked by a series of fluorescent sharp turn signs. The BMW was already out of sight. Vale and Bolian had turned right, which would take them out of Thompson's Chesapeake neighborhood and back toward Virginia Beach, the same way from which Tyrone had come. But Thompson turned left, as if he were going deeper into the neighborhood. What was down this road, Tyrone wondered. As he mentally mapped out where the road led, he realized he had no idea. I don't see him, said Tyrone. You lost him? Yeah, but as Tyrone said it, a thought occurred to him. But wait, can you look up something for me? Uh, okay, Holloman replied. I think I might know where he's going, and it give me an idea. Tyrone briefly explained where he was and where he guessed Thompson was going. Holloman pulled up Google Maps and said it looked possible. Tyrone then shared his idea. I guess it's better than what we got now, which is nothing, Holloman lamented. At his first opportunity, Tyrone pulled the truck over and fished his phone from his pocket. Scrolling through his contacts, he found Thompson and tapped the text message icon. A screen showing their past conversation came up. He tapped the message field, prompting the virtual keyboard to pop up. Hey, Mr. Thompson, this Tyrone Bowman, Skylar old teacher. Just wondering how she doing. Also, I still have her sketchbook if she want it back. I, I sent it, Tyrone said. Gonna go grab a snack while I wait. Roger. He found a Kroger supermarket and parked. While he was checking out with a bag of pork rinds and a sugar-free flavored sparkling water, his phone buzzed. Thompson had responded. She in the hospital not doing good. Mail the book to my P.O. box. We'll send address later. Tyrone deflated. As expected, Thompson's texts were short, but he hadn't expected it to be so terse. Moreover, he felt awful for little Skylar. In the hospital again? He wished he could see her. Hmm, maybe. It was a long shot, but worth a try. He replied to Thompson's text. Sorry to hear she in the hospital. Is she well enough for me to visit? Could give her the book. Might cheer her up. By the time he got back to his truck, Thompson had replied. That fine. Might be good. Tyrone replied. Cool. What hospital? Thompson said, C-H-K-D, Chess. Tyrone mentally translated, Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters in Chesapeake. Can I come by today? Tyrone texted. Thompson replied, Yeah. Holloman, you there? Tyrone said, still wearing the wire. A moment later, his earpiece crackled. Yeah, what's up? Holloman's gruff voice asked. We're in. Tyrone said, Thompson sent another text message simply saying, I'm at hospital, text when you get here, meet me in lobby. Tyrone replied, Okay, be there in about 20 men. He parked at Chesapeake CHKD within 15 minutes. As he and Holloman had discussed, he removed his earpiece before meeting with Thompson, placing it in the center console, then fetched Skyler's sketchbook. Tyrone walked into the towering blue and pink glass lobby, finding Thompson sitting, reading a men's fitness magazine. Hey, 
Tyrone said. Thompson looked up, closed the magazine and stood, dwarfing Tyrone as he always did. Tyrone offered his hand which Thompson shook. The tall man said nothing, but stared at Tyrone suspiciously for a few awkward moments. I hope this ain't an inconvenience, Tyrone offered to break the awkwardness. Nah, Thompson said. So what happened? They fire you? Tyrone nodded and briefed Thompson on the drama at Bright Horizons, especially that which originated from DePaulo. Yeah, I remember. She was going off on everybody that first day of school, Thompson said. I almost took Skylar somewhere else. I wouldn't have blamed you, Tyrone said. That place was crazy. But I'm trying to figure out why you have a sketchbook. Tyrone had anticipated this question. Well, he said, you got a few minutes? Thompson shrugged. Might want to sit back down for this, Tyrone said. They both sat. Tyrone collected his thoughts, took a breath, met Thompson's eyes and said, Two years ago, my ten-year-old daughter, Evangela, was murdered. Thompson's eyes shot open. From there, Tyrone told Thompson of the cold investigation the video that got him fired from the police department, Keisha's high-speed pursuit, and institutionalization, his hiring at Bright Horizons, he and Keisha's newfound faith and hope for their marriage, and finally, his firing from Bright Horizons. He was certain, if he still had his earpiece in, Holloman would be screaming at him to shut up. When he finished, Thompson stared at him in shock. Man, I think I remember that. About your daughter, in the news, he said. Tyrone nodded. Uh, wow. So sorry, man. Thanks, Tyrone said. But wait, how you get Skyler's sketchbook? Thompson asked. Oh yeah, Tyrone said, not realizing he'd left that out. My last day at the school, after the ambulance left, I found it next to her desk, picked it up and seen all the horses. Reminded me of my daughter. She loved horses, too. Drew pictures of them and everything. Seeing Skylar's drawings... Tyrone's words caught in his throat. He took a deep breath to steady his emotions. It was wrong. I know, but I took the book home to show my wife. I put it in my truck to bring back to school the next day. But DePaulo fired me before I could get back inside. Thompson shook his head. Dang. That's... Wow. I know, right? Tyrone said. I had it since then. Didn't know how to get it back to you since, I mean, I ain't allowed it to school anymore. So you was a cop? Thompson asked, though it was more of a statement. Tyrone nodded. Yeah, man. Almost twenty years. Then one bad day and I was gone like that, Tyrone said, snapping his fingers. He could have left out being a cop and all the fallout from jealous murder, but he figured opening up and being candid would soften Thompson and earn his trust, perhaps even cause him to talk a little. Only time would tell. Evidently, Thompson was vaguely familiar with jealous murder, but not the scandals involving Tyrone and Keisha following the tragic event. Thompson looked around the lobby at nothing in particular. Tyrone considered asking him whether he could see Skyler now, but didn't want to be pushy. After all, he was there on assignment from Holloman to gather information. Thompson checked his watch. 
She might be awake now, he said as if reading Tyrone's mind. Come on. I want to take a few moments to tell you about a fantastic service called Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. Fiverr is an online marketplace where you can find the perfect freelance services for your business. Logo design, website customization, voiceovers, social media outreach, illustration, translation, data entry, book cover design, the list goes on and on. Enjoy the best for any budget. Quality work done quickly. Protected payments every time and 24-7 support. Click the Fiverr affiliate link in the show notes and any purchase you make directly benefits this podcast. Fiverr, it starts here. Thanks for listening to The Heart Speaks. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'll be back next week with another chapter. Until then, God bless and thank you. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental.